Hi and welcome to the Find Your Adventure podcast. We're back after what seemed like ages and have we got a good show for you. We have Claire Maxted from Wild Ginger Running, a UK YouTube channel providing trail and ultra running advice, inspiration and gear reviews. And it's all been created by Claire Maxted, the co-founder and former editor of Trail Running Magazine. Tell me a bit about your sort of journey. I mean, I know, I know personally that you were obviously involved in Trail Magazine and Trail Running Magazine, um, uh, now as editor there, and um, and now there's Wild Ginger Running. So yeah, give us a bit of a backstory, Claire. Yeah, totally. So, um, so I always knew I wanted to be a journalist or a writer at uni. So I used to work on the student newspaper. I used to do the travel section. And then I just blagged my way into trail magazine because it was my favorite magazine. I used to do a lot of hiking back then. I actually had a phobia of running because of school. You know how at school they make you run in the depths of winter with a tiny skirt on, um, (laughs) tiny shorts on if you're a boy and it's just the most hideous experience and they force you to have some kind of joint shower afterwards which is yeah, terribly how, traumatic if you're 14 yeah. 15 years old 100 percent. they're allowed to do that anymore no i'm sure they're not <laughs> um but um yeah so i hated running i loved yeah. hiking i loved being in the outdoors i loved adventure uh-huh. i loved mountain biking and um, swimming and everything like that so i joined trail um and then i wanted to do a triathlon and i wanted to do adventure racing and i knew that part of that involved running so i decided <laughs> start running whilst on trail magazine so I actually my first trail race was at the Lakeland Trails which it was quite new back then there was only a few events and I did I think uh, nine or ten miles of trail running um it was really hard work and I mm. you know I layered up I wore everything and then had to strip it off and tie it all around <laughs> me and I had I had a hats and gloves in my pockets of this jacket that I'd tied around me and it was bashing me on the thighs and it was really annoying but, well, well, but I just <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just loved the feeling of flying down those descents um, and then hiking up the hills um, and then trotting along on the flat bits and all the beautiful views. And you just get this real exhilaration at the finish. So I really enjoyed that, those races. Um, and then at the time, the editor of Trail, um, he saw a gap in the market for this thing called trail running, which, yeah. which in my mind bridges the gap between super hardcore fell running, like yeah. up to the top of the mountain, back down, and super boring repetitive road running so me being like a trail runner you're going to have road runners after you now (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. you can't say that road running is more interesting than trail running like 100 percent no yeah i'm sold (laughs) this is just an actual scientific fact there's been research done and so (laughs) i um I was basically forced to edit this small magazine that went out with Trail and I edited it and then they made it, it was really successful. Yeah, I so remember it when it first um, first came out, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's it just came out with Trail, but then it, it appeared as a standalone thing. Um, and then we did two that year and then, um, then we did four the next year and it became my job. So um, I sort of was in the right place at the right time with the right level ex- of experience doing the right thing. Um, mm. And so I edited it for seven years. Um, I took it as far as I wanted it to go. We started doing the Run a Thousand sorry Miles. Sorry about the notice there. <laughs> Oh, sorry. What did you say? Sorry, I, I was getting a bunch of notifications there. I don't know if you were hearing them, but uh, oh, yeah, no, no, I can't. I couldn't hear them. Um, yes. So we started doing the Run a Thousand Miles campaign. Um, it's like mm. a challenge. There was a Facebook group. There was like a badge and a medal and everything, and it was really fun engaging with people in a more immediate level because on a magazine, especially a bi-monthly magazine, which is what Trail Running was, um, you have to wait. You have all this news that comes in. You basically have to wait for like you get this news like you're writing things for three months ahead of the magazine coming out so the news as soon as you read the magazine is really old news and I just I wanted a bit more of an immediate connection with the audience we were doing this Facebook thing with the run a thousand miles we were doing little videos as well and I found that I really liked that side of it and I still love writing writing is my first skill and it's my first passion but I just found going into an office nine till five to sit there and basically be a glorified like content manager was yeah. not for me and I wanted to get out there I wanted to be amongst the people I wanted to speak oh. to people I wanted to be on social media more and um, take photos and, and get into video side of things um, <laughs> so I decided to leave um, I've given seven years it's, it's enough to, to do <laughs> a job isn't it and um, the magazine's still going so I, I think that's a good thing like I set it up in a in a long-term way and mm. I just decided to start a YouTube channel called Wild Ginger Running which is basically trail running magazine but in video form so it's that's absolutely that's been my yeah yeah it's basically just like journalism presented in film form rather than writing it down so I actually do write it because I write a script for it first yeah. so the writing's still there but I I present it now and it's just a different way to consume yeah. information um and it's nice because it's nice to interview people I interview people every week on the live chat um, and I, I really like um, the community that I've built on there. So I've got these people called patrons and they're people who support you financially every month. And it's, it's a really, really great opportunity for creators on YouTube mm. because YouTube ads, honestly, you can't pay your mortgage with YouTube ads. <laughs> like if you're looking for a career in YouTube and you're a small content maker like me, there's, unless you're getting millions of views, there's no way that you're going to be able to, it's mm. pennies basically. So patrons fund what I'm able to yeah. do. Um, and, and they've been brilliant, especially during the coronavirus outbreak. They've, some of them have doubled their pledges. They've stepped up. More people have signed up to support me. And it's just, it's absolutely brilliant what they've been able to, um like support me and fund me and i bought a new camera and i've um, been able to upgrade my website and just make things better for them um mm. they get extra films they get competitions they get perks they get merchandise and um, we get meetup we have meetups we have an exclusive facebook group and they get like extra special things they can ask mm. their questions to the experts so they get lots of perks for it it's not the just them going, there's, there's market for that though i mean you know it's fair i like the um kind of pay what you like sort of principle um, with things like that um yeah I, I really do because i think there's quite a lot of people out there that are quite willing to contribute to keeping up 
um, you know, we're there for them as well, aren't we? You know, when we're, we're putting stuff out there, but it's, it's nice that you've got so, so much more to give as well, that you reward those people that, um, that help you out. Yeah, they are really nice. It's really good of them to do that. And, and also as a creator, you feel like you're doing something for someone, you feel like you're useful. And also it directs my content as well, because yeah. like, for example, quite a few of the patrons are over 50 and they, and yeah. quite a few of them have said to me, have you got, you know, can you interview anyone who's like not a really young elite athlete? Because <laughs> yeah. we want some information for the oldies. <laughs> and so I've got um, Joe Friel, who's written fast after 50. He's going to come on in August and chat to us about, training um for um like older people so mm. um so i listen to what they want and i respond and, and that's good because it means i don't have to come up with the ideas all the time it's hard mm. work coming up with new ideas all the time but with their questions yeah with that's their it the more interest, interaction yeah yeah it's 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 good it's i i consider it's kind of like being a teacher i suppose like um or yeah or like a club leader like you know I want everyone to be independent minded um but you know I I'm sort of like the big sister where you know I I've probably I've tested that thing I know about mm -hmm. this thing I can give them advice or hook them up with that person um so yeah I'm sort of like the facilitator of their good experience in trail running and ultra running so I, I really like being that person and that's a role that comes really naturally to me like it mm. it's really not difficult for me to be always replying to people on social media it's not difficult for me to be communicating with people and chatting to them mm. so yeah I that's one thing I noticed really actually that's one thing I noticed about you and you, you are really um, accessible to mm. your the people on your channel i know and i find that's one of the one of the most important things so if anyone ever makes a comment on any of our content we're straight in we, we interact with it um and, and just you know try and build the conversation because you know there are so many channels out there that are unable to do that for whatever reason or they choose not to do that and i get it because social media can be a harsh old place sometimes um <laughs> you know but uh but yeah putting yourself out there it's quite a bold move but it's so worthwhile you get so much more back um if you do that so have you um have you got any stories of um of where you've perhaps in, encouraged someone who is a running hey a trail running hater to to make the shift and they've found the light sort of thing yes yeah, so seen the light like a, like a missionary yeah um, exactly yeah. um I, I people tell me all the time that that my um, stuff has inspired them to either start trail running or go from road running to trail running or to from walking to trail running. Yeah. Um, yeah um, I haven't had particularly anyone say I hated running and now I started running. Um, apart from, I suppose my mum and my sister both hate running, but because I'm just so like evangelical about how great it is, they've both started now, even though my mum still hates it. <laughs> so I suppose there's those two. She um, doesn't really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just likes the fact that she can eat more cake now. Um, but this yeah, is good as re reasons any, isn't it? <laughs> yeah I don't I don't know I mean to find me and my stuff you'd have to already be into running I think I'm, I'm not like uh, I haven't gone into I feel like 
something I should do is maybe go into schools and, and talk to people like that were my age, like 15 and hated running. And just to explain to them that running's not always like this. It's not like what it is in school. So yeah. maybe that's something I should branch out into. But I haven't got a particular story about one person who hated running and I've kind of turned them around. Um, but I have had lots of people say, to me um i started trail running because i saw your stuff and mm. i really like it so thank you for being that inspiration um but yeah no i haven't got one story <laughs> <laughs> well it's a really good intro introduction to trail running. it's park run isn't it because um you know but park run is essentially just a a miniaturized and sort of um comfortable trail run uh, which you yeah. can walk around if you really want to and that's i think the um the, the good thing about trail running is no one expects you to run the whole way no yeah. one expects it it's brilliant no. even you know even the pros that are running all the way around and getting blistering times they're totally cool with the other guys that aren't run, aren't um, running all the yeah. way and, I love and do you know what they aren't necessarily either running all the way themselves like no. on for example the ultra tour de mont blanc the utmb the elite athletes there's like eight significant climbs in that race mm. really significant like this they walk they get the poles yeah. out and they power walk up those hills there's no way they're running all the way that's no. the myth about ultra running right 100%. ultra running's actually just hiking yeah <laughs> like more and more i'm just like yeah the people at the front run and you know you jog run jog run and like jog walk jog walk but actually there's a lot of walking involved for a lot of the mid and the back of the pack ultra running yeah. not actually running <laughs> It's no, it's ultra, not at all. It's just a really moving. Yeah, ultra moving, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really um yeah. it's a really kind of uh just a really lightweight and nimble way of hiking um over a yeah. very, very long distance. And uh, it, yeah. I think that's what I liked about um uh, about all of the trail running I've done. I've not done loads, but everything that I've done, I've really enjoyed the fact that you get to see um you get to see such a lot more than just going for a walk because you're going that bit quicker you see more um, you cover more distance so for example if you wanted to do a long distance trail um, you maybe will pick like in my area you've got like the Pedders Way or the North Norfolk Coastal Path and so on and so forth and um, you can see a lot more of it a lot more quickly maybe mm. doing a weekend or something like that and uh, yeah and still just have a really really great time with it uh, yeah, yeah. That is a, that's a plus side. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it is. Um, and also the, the plus, like, so uh, in saying that, you can also stop. I mean, that's one of the things you can do in trail running is you're supposed to do it for the enjoyment. You're supposed mm. to do it for the view. It's not about PBs. I feel like road running is kind of like a, it's a self it's something about yourself isn't it road running it's like i need to get this time i need to push myself i need to yeah. you know push myself until i'm sick and get this time and it's very important i get this time and that it's all about my fitness and how i perform whereas trail running is all about where you are and the environment and exploring it and appreciating the outdoors yeah. appreciating the views appreciating nature and appreciating the fact that we can do this with our able bodies and just be in this um place where we can escape and have a bit of freedom um so i feel like trail running is 
less selfish in a way. It's, it's more of an appreciation of where you are and what your body can do and less of a beasting and less of a, <laughs> like a flagellation, self-flagellation. So you can, like, as you said, you can do a long distance path. You can jog along, you can get to the top of a, you can walk to the top of a hill, look at the amazing view and then just enjoy a really nice fast descent from it and get more out of your day. So it's, it's perfect. It's just such a nice lightweight, especially now running vests. Like when I first started on trail yeah. magazine, <laughs> with a rock sack on your bag, wasn't it? And, yeah, a rock sack bag, yeah. your neck. and now we've got these little waistcoats with like pockets at the front and water bottles left, right, and center. It's very comfortable. Yeah, um, it's and you don't have to take as much. Like when you go running in the mountains, um, you are just there with your leggings and your little backpack on and you've got everything you need to be safe. Mm. But you see hikers out and they've got like loads of trousers, big trousers, big clumpy boots on and like a huge backpack full of whatever they've got in there, a flask of coffee and whatever. And you just think, wow, you just look like a juggernaut compared to like us <laughs> little, little Ferraris running about yeah um, it's, so it's, it is a bit it, like that isn't it yeah the um the I, I did a, a route on wonsville in the lake district you know above ambleside um, yeah love and, that hill. oh it's beautiful isn't it it's such a nice um sort of bimbley ridge and it's a perfect actually it's a perfect introduction to fell running or trail running mm. fells yeah um, definitely um so i um i've walked that and it's taken me pretty much all day to one well, all day but, you know a good part of the day but i went and did it before breakfast and when i ran it I took my dog up with me and that helped with the speed <laughs> and uh, yeah. apart from when it dashed off trying to uh, to, to grab a sheep <laughs> and I'm still attached to this bungee lift. <laughs> but, um, oh <laughs> yeah. but yeah I mean I guess the point there that I was trying to make was that you you can get it done before breakfast and still have the rest of the day to spend with your family or to go out and do yeah. maybe a, a, a more gentle walk um but you're, you know you're not going to be exposed to the elements for too long, but you've got yeah. a little bit of kit in the back just in case you, 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 you are, um, you know, for whatever reason, injured or you, you have to stop or whatever and help someone else out. Uh, yeah, you're, like, you're just much more nimble. And like you say, like a hill Ferrari rather than a hill jugger. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah. the, I like the, the terminology there. <laughs> yeah. so, you're doing, um, so obviously at the moment we've got a, a bit of a restriction on our movement, haven't we? So, um, You've got something going on at the moment called the COVID-19K. Yeah, the COVID-19K challenge is um, something I set up in response to my patrons, actually. They were all getting disappointed about the races all being cancelled. Mm. Um, and obviously, they know that like much worse stuff was happening in the world. Mm. People were losing livelihoods. But they were just saying that they were lacking in motivation. So they were like, oh, can you set up some kind of challenge, Claire, that we can all do? Mm-hmm. So I... I was thinking about it and me and my husband actually was my husband that came up with the idea um, of doing something around the 19 he was like oh there's got to be something in the 19 thing and I was like oh yeah like 19 like because of the run a thousand miles I was thinking maybe 19 miles and then I was thinking oh we could do that per week and then I thought well if we do go into a proper lockdown where we only are allowed in our houses and gardens that's going to be quite hard to do so maybe we should just make it like 19 kilometers per week um, and we'll just set up a Facebook group so um he got really excited about it and he designed me this amazing um logo which is basically the coronavirus virus bright green it looks like a, a an alien to be honest <laughs> and it says um covid 19k challenge in it and it's got a picture of a runner like a little icon um 
and I just uh, I, I loved it and I thought oh brilliant okay so we'll set up a Facebook group and and loads of people joined it um, just to encourage all of my patrons really to keep going and to do this 19k per yeah. week um, and I thought oh, I'll do some videos I'll do some workout videos and I'll do some videos about how to climb the stairs you know like get ascent in the stairs and run about your house you know like a, how to run 5k in your own home that kind of thing just to sort of motivate people and then some of the patrons said um, can you pop, pop it on Strava as well because we'd like to like mm. have a little group go in and see the weekly totals and stuff um, and log it all on there and I was like oh yeah fair enough I'll set it up on Strava let it run for a couple of weeks did a couple of videos and then a, a friend of ours messaged saying 48,000 people wow that's amazing and I was like what and I looked at the Facebook group and I was like there's 1,500 people in here which is great like it's, yeah, it's yeah. far wider reach than my 100 patrons but that's I thought that was brilliant and he said no on Strava I looked at it and it, it was just went mad on Strava and it actually reached um 10,000 no 80,000 people in the end um it's on just under that now because yeah, we're sort yeah. of nearing the end of it but eighty thousand people signed up on Strava yeah well i thought great but i had i had only like one or two people say oh you're doing the wrong thing here this is not good what you've done like it yeah. makes me sick that logo it just makes me really scared why a couple of people messaged me individually like an old friend of mine said mm. i can't believe you're doing this this is wrong this is horrible this is awful and i was like well i'm just trying to encourage people to keep fit and stay yeah. mentally healthy <laughs> during this awful crisis yeah. i can't really see what is wrong with that so i just ignored them and just uh -huh. carried on anyway because most people were enjoying it and it was really motivating yeah. them and so oh, it's I got, interesting well, that you yeah. should say that that's so important because there's always going to be someone that doesn't see a positive side but but they are by far and away the the least uh, sorry the, um, the, the they're always in a small number I find and it can detract from all that lovely joy that so many other people see and it's easy, mm. but they stick out like sore thumbs, don't they? They really yeah, stick out they like pimples on a, on a beautiful face, yeah. Yeah, they can be quite vocal about things, people who have a problem with things. But oh, I'm glad I, you pressed I, on. Yeah, well, I did think, oh God, because, you know, at the start, it was kind of like everyone was wanting very much to be seen to be doing the right thing. Mm. No one wanted to be seen to be profiting from such a tragic event, turn of events. Um, so it was very important for me that we, um, when people said, oh, it would be great to have a medal, it was very important that we emphasize the fact that all the profits from the medal that I'm going to be creating for people will go to charity. Mm. So you know, you can't profit from something like this. It's, no. It would be wrong morally to, even though I've lost like two thirds of my income, it would be yeah. wrong for me to profit out of this bad thing. So everything's going to charity and um, hopefully that will be good marketing for the yeah. channel and, and things like that. Um, it hasn't really worked like that because people on Strava didn't really know who I was and don't really care. <laughs> and half of them thought that it was a Strava challenge because the logo was so good. And also <laughs> it's a bit confusing because on Strava they do have Strava challenges which yeah. businesses pay for and you get a little trophy so I had a lot of people going where's my trophy in my where's my medal in my trophy cabinet and I was like I'm really sorry this is a club not on Strava <laughs> it just it happens to be called the COVID 19k challenge just because that's just what I called it and I had no idea about these Strava challenges so sorry about that so there's been a lot of learning curve is like that <laughs> yeah the learning curve is like this and I, I've also learned that people just don't read stuff like I've posted no. so many times like we've got this little shop i decided to make t-shirts and medals and buffs um so we can 
hopefully send quite a bit to charity at the end of this. Um, and I've said in all of the posts and everywhere and on the website and everything, I'm going to wait and do a bulk order of these so that <laughs> we can reduce the cost and everything's going to go to charity. Um, and so I'm going to be posting these medals and everything out in mid-July. And the number of people that keep messaging say, me saying, I ordered my medal on the 26th of May. When might I receive it? I'm like, oh, my God, don't, don't you read anything. It's just like, it's like, how more clear can I be that this is happening? Like, what, like where else can I write this? Like, so, yeah, I I'm just a bit worried we've, we've... that lots of people are going to demand refunds from me before July. But, well, yeah, yeah, fingers Fingers crossed that I can reply to as many. I just keep replying to them saying, I don't know if you've seen, but. I want you to see because it's so easy to click on these things and join them, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and do the button without reading much about it. Yeah. It? So, uh, yeah. Like, I did. I had, to be fair, I had written quite a bit. So now I've written it in the title. Like, I'm yeah. Really, delivery mid july and on each thing i've put update delivery big letters the first thing yeah. you see delivery so if they go back and have a look then they will be very clear massive so, yeah. learning curve isn't it yeah learning <laughs> curve yeah but yeah we all like a good rant don't we yeah, absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely so, yeah. so um but yeah very positive the challenge so i'm i'm pleased that we set it up and i'm really pleased we've sold about like 500 medals um, oh, which for 80,000 people on Strava, I was, I was thinking it might be a bit more than that, but yeah, you know, yeah. 500, none. So, and the medal's awesome. I love it. I've, I've got, got one for myself and I'm really excited about it. It's gonna, I've got them so big that they can be coasters afterwards. Cause I just, <laughs> yeah, I just re thought, reuse. you don't want to yeah. hang it. I mean, some people like to hang it, but I haven't got anywhere to hang things. So I wanted to just use it as a coaster. <laughs> I like it. I like the style. So you've, um, when, when does the, um, the challenge finish then? Um, are you, well, there's no official finish date yet no. because coronavirus obviously doesn't have an official finish date, but oh, I kind of, <laughs> thought 19 weeks after I started the challenge would be an appropriate time to end it so That's that good. is early August I mm. think it's like the 4th of August something like that mm -hmm. so yeah. I think I'll wrap it up then um but if anyone wants to buy a medal that's you know that's listening to this later they'll 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 be available for a while like yeah. I think until the end of August because I've over ordered just in case there's some extra people that come late so yeah, wildgingerrunning.co.uk slash shop. If anybody Good would like stuff. to buy any of the COVID-19K merchandise. I'll make sure that goes in the notes so that you can uh, you can click on it oh, anytime afterwards. So don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say was, um, you mentioned to me when we, were, when we were setting this up that you um, thought it was quite important to talk about diversity in trail running and in photo shoots and, and so on. Um, so... Where did you want to go with that? Because I, I, it's clearly very, very topical at the moment in terms of making sure that everyone is considered. So yeah, go for it. Tell me, tell me what, where your mind's going with that. Yeah, well, the, it's um, it's just something that's been kind of reignited recently, just because of the whole Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd's obviously like tragic death and just the riots and the protests that have been going on. And I just, I, I, lots of people put a black square up on their social media and, and did all the hashtagging and things like that. Mm. But I didn't, I didn't really know what I could give as 
like as a very privileged white person to this yeah. and I didn't really know how like because a lot of white people have said stuff and then black people have gone oh you shouldn't say that that's really annoying and patronizing and mm. I just wasn't sure what the right thing to do would be so I sort of thought about it for a few days like maybe a week and I actually read a book called why I'm no longer talking to white people about race um by Rennie Edo um uh, I can't remember her last name but it's Rennie Edo Lodge I think um I've put it on my social media so so I read that book and it was all about um uh well basically what <laughs> what white people have done <laughs> to people of color over the years like colonialism slavery yeah. etc um and how there's this uh, systemic um bias in our system towards white people that give us an advantage um and they call it white privilege which a lot of white people um especially white middle-aged men for some reason i found <laughs> in my experience have a hard time stomaching because yeah. you know like it's hard like if you're you know like me you've been brought up very liberal and you consider that you are colorblind as a person you don't judge mm. people for their skin you've got many friends who are of different colors to you and you think that's normal it it's a bit of a shock and it makes you feel uncomfortable and guilty to suddenly understand that be, by being complicit and by being silent about things you are upholding a system which holds back black people and people of color and so it was just by reading that book that I just it just reignited my my thing which is I've always done this it's not a new thing it's mm. not me jumping on some kind of bandwagon but I've always sought to represent diversity in trail running um because trail running is not very diverse like mm. the main people who trail run are blokes it's kind of becoming more equal with women and men now but predominantly white blokes well in the UK in Europe anyway white blokes in their kind of late 30s 40s kind of thing and that's the majority mm. um and it's very rare that you'll see a black person or an Asian person trail running in the UK like at, mm. at races um more so in cities but you know up north in small towns and things you just you just don't see it and so I know that you like you, we as white people feel like there's no barriers to that like everyone's very welcoming at fell races you could turn up as a black person and you know they're not the Ku Klux Klan but it just you might feel uncomfortable as a person of color going into an kind of a, a white dominated environment so I just I just wanted to be more united colors of Benetton about it and yeah. just just represent um, Asian people, Chinese people, black people, um, whoever people. And along with that comes um, people who are larger, people who are older, people who kind of maybe look a bit funny, like, or, yeah. you know, not not your generic Getty Images, long-leggedy yeah. model person running along. Mm. So throughout my career at Trail Running Magazine, I've always sought to represent diversity as much as possible with all of those things. Mm. Um, um, but actually my last photo shoot that I did, I was asked to organize a photo shoot for a brand. And I did ask some of my Asian contacts whether they could come along mm -hmm. um, to, because I didn't want it to be all white. It's very easy sure. to make it all white. Um, but they couldn't make it because I only know about three or four and you know mm. they're not based in the Lake District they're like London and, and Nottingham and things like that so they weren't available um, and I did get one um, I think she was Thai type of origin um, looking person she was going to come but then she couldn't make it as well so I just kind of got fed up with it and I was like it's too hard I'm I'm just going to 
these people are available. They're all in Ambleside. They're all white, but that that's not my fault. It's not my fault that mm. more people of color don't trail run in Ambleside. Like I can't solve the world. And so I had the photo shoot and it was a hundred percent white people. And I felt uncomfortable with that. Mm. And not because it it wasn't, it was quite representational, but it's not true. It isn't a hundred percent white people that run on trails. And so and even like some people have like people have tried to put stats at me. They're like 87% of people in the UK are white. So mm. even if you have one black person amongst a hundred white people, you are proportionally representing them. And I'm like, I don't want to proportionally represent. I want to over represent just mm. so that people of color feel comfortable coming into this white dominated arena. Mm -hmm. And for me, the whole struggle with race mm. is, is like, I, I can equate it to the struggle the struggles of women so I know it's not completely the same but this is how I kind of um see it myself and it's like if a lot of women will find it intimidating if they go to a sport or some somewhere where they're not comfortable out of their comfort zone and it's all men like personally I don't have a problem with that but mm. I understand that a lot of women do and a lot cool. of women need to see other women there doing it before they will do the thing mm. so if you can like move that into race then you know to encourage more people of color to do trail running and to to be in these areas which are really white dominated then you've got they want to see other people like themselves doing it so i decided my thing would be i'm going to just ramp up my like i'm just going to not going to quit on diversity because i mm. kind of felt like i'd quit on it and i kind of thought okay what I needed is more contact. So I put that post out on social media to say, do you know people of color who trail run? Because I would like to increase my contact list so that next time I get asked to organize a photo shoot, I've got many more people of color to draw on. So maybe two of them will be able to come out of 10 people. Yeah. And that way I feel like I'm doing my bit and what I can do to make everything a bit more equal in Britain which to be fair is one of the most equal countries you could be in but you know there's always room for improvement and I'm not just going to yeah. stand I'm not going to just stand here going well yes I'm very privileged but for yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it I mean then. I I'm think right, you, <laughs> you struck on something really important there and that is um, when you said about I'm trying to over represent um, people um, from different races and um, different backgrounds. And I think that is absolutely bang on. It's really, yeah. I, I, I'd never really thought about it like that. I kind of already knew it, you know, in my head. Um, but I'd never really thought about it like that because that's what it's all about. You know, we, we I say we, white middle-aged men all highly privileged yeah. you know, because you we don't a have... bit ginger you yeah, know a bit of the struggle exactly. well don't yeah don't don't um, focus too much on the head hair there <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that's the point you know so we're, we're all a bit different aren't we and and but you know hugely privileged we we don't have to um we don't have to overcome a barrier to have a conversation with someone or to it, we it just it's, we don't even have to think about that element of our life. Mm. Other people in varying different situations, not just race, but you know sexual orientation, perhaps um, mm. the way they want to express their their um, their image. Um, disabled people, they all have a barrier to overcome because they get yeah. judged on how they look. And that's really yeah. weird. I find it really un hard to understand. 
but I can understand it. And I do, mm -hmm. I do try and empathise with people who have perhaps been brought up in families and in communities that are racist or prejudiced against people um, who are different. I get that. But in order to break it, you have to overrepresent the people yeah. that are in that position. You have to. It has to be yeah. normal to see people like this and that and the other it has to be normal to see people in the press yeah you have to have that positive discrimination first mm. i think because otherwise it just leaves everything to survival of the fittest and you know as humans we've gone past that now haven't we we've, yeah. we're not <laughs> we're not that we're not that anymore <laughs> we can make our own decisions about things and we can use logic and and things like that so so yeah i just i just think it's an important thing as yeah as a person to do and i was really pleased that quite a few of my patrons um were really on board with it they were like yeah great this is great and a couple of them messaged me because obviously on that post that i wrote there was you know quite a few people who disagreed with me who i was mm. trying to sort of explain how i felt about it um and quite a few of them messaged me the well the women really they messaged me and they said are you all right like stuff's mm. kicking off here and i was like yeah it's fine <laughs> like I, i'm fine for i'm up for a debate that's fine yeah. i i kind of i can see where these other people are coming from i can see why it's difficult for them to understand especially if you're not a privileged white person mm. like i am um but yeah i just think you've got to take a stand somewhere in your life haven't you and um I yeah so. i'd I'd be annoyed if if no one spoke up for me. It's like that thing with um, was it w with Nazi Germany? They came for the so and sos, and I didn't stand up because I wasn't a so and so. Yeah. Uh, they came for so and so. I didn't stand up because I wasn't a so and so. Eventually, they came for me, and I no one stood up for me because no one stood up for me, yeah. then there was no one left. So mm. it's it's kind of like that. I think that's how I think. I think you shouldn't only fight your own battles. You should fight important battles that you believe to be true and right for for anybody in the world sure good stuff good stuff i'm all for it and um i think it would be good if anyone who is on the other side of this coin the challenging side of this coin the people who aren't perhaps in our white privileged state to come and have a chat about um, about it in the comments that um that might be beneath this um this podcast or or any of the content that's relating to it um in uh, in social media just um to to have the debate and, you know put us right if you think um if you think we're speaking out of turn you know um <laughs> why why not you know we're not we're not here saying we're, we're right with all of this I it's, am. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's I fine. I'm no, right. I, don't, I don't mean. <laughs> I'm it. actually very narrow-minded as a person. I don't I think mean everything it like that. that I think is I think, correct. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I think as long as you've got good intentions, why not? You know, uh, the, the intent, the overall intentions. But I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, we we can't be speaking for other people in this. Um, at least we can't speak with their mind. Um, we can be empathetic. And that's the only thing we can be. So I think what I'm inviting is for everyone with every voice to have a say, but, but to be called yeah. out for it as well. Um, and if you want to do that in the comments, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, let's have a debate. That's, that's good. I'm all mm. for freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah, sure. Good for you. Good for you. No, I love it. I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up because uh, it is super important. Um, now then, Kate Rath Ultra. 
your video, how not to do the Cape Wrath Ultra, <laughs> Cape Wrath, Cape yeah. Wrath. What a brilliant video. So did you like it? Oh yeah, god, loved it. I, yeah. it took me two years to put that out because I was it was just such a such a shameful experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. You should say that. So that, one of the questions I was going to ask you about is. Uh, about that is is how did it really make you feel i know it came across that um that you're okay with quitting um the the cape wrath ultra um so for anyone that, that doesn't know it's the cape wrath ultra is um is probably along one of the it's a, it's an ultra marathon um over multi days and it's over some of the hardest terrain in the uk uh, certainly some of the wildest terrain in the uk and it's bloody hard it's a long one. Was it 250, 250 yeah, miles? Yeah, 250 like miles over eight days. Yeah. Claire decided it might be a good idea to have a go at that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it, the thing I like about things that we have to pull out of is what we learn from it. So tell me a bit more about how you felt when you pulled out. Yeah, well, I suppose, um, like, like I said before, like the reason that I run is for enjoyment main, mainly and, you know, stopping, looking at views, having a lovely time. Mm. I don't run anymore. I used to run to, to flagellate myself, you know, to punish myself and, you know, mm. oh, I've got to do this argh, and to be a badass, you know, for selfish <laughs> reasons. But now I just run because I like it. And I thought the Cape Breath Ultra would be a wonderful opportunity to see Scotland and see parts of Scotland that I wouldn't otherwise really get to see because um it's quite logistically challenging to get through all those areas mm. um so it sounded like a great trip in uh, with like-minded people and uh, all catering done a drop bag taken for you um it yeah, sounded brilliantly organized. Mm, it's brilliantly organized it's, it's a wonderful very safe way to experience such areas of scotland and i was just really thrilled about going into the mountains and kind of walking all day through the mountains etc but it was just too hard for me personally like Oh, it, it's a really hard event. So the first day is 23 miles and then you've got like 35 miles. Then you've got 42 or so miles. And then you've got like a rest day, which is like 22 miles. And then you've got another 35 and then another like 36 or something. And then big 16 numbers. at the end. <laughs> yeah, big numbers. Um, yeah so really big numbers and the ascent as well like three thousand meters of ascent along with those 42 miles it's just insane and that's day three and you're you're just thinking i'd be happy with just doing that one sunday and then collapsing for the rest of the week wouldn't you so I knew before I went that the mileage and the ascent was going to be hard and I was actually a bit worried about mm. it. Um, but I got these horrendous blisters on my yeah. feet and that surprised me because I'd done all my training in the same socks and shoes. I'd done like a hundred mile week and I'd been fine. I had no blisters, but what I hadn't factored in was that Scotland would be really warm at that time of year. So mm. I think my feet had swollen anyway. And then um, just the sheer amount of time on your feet um, just made them swell again mm. so there was double swelling and they were just rubbing together and I hadn't brought any bigger shoes a massive error always take bigger shoes and, yeah. and at the end of it I was walking around in my husband's size 8 shoes and they were still too 
ridiculously small. And actually on the last day, to, in order to be able to come back in, because I did four days, then I quit. And then I got had three days off, which was lovely. And a really nice relaxing time, hang yeah, out with marshals and, and um, filmed bits and cheered people on. And then um, the last day I came back in for the last day because I really wanted to go to Sandwood Bay, which is this yeah. inaccessible, you can only get there by walking. Absolutely fabulous. If you, if you ever get the chance to go to Sandwood Bay and then walk to Cape Wrath, then, then do it. It's absolutely On fantastic. On my list, day. I must admit, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, so there was, so I got back in for that day and I used my temp mate's shoe um, because she was two sizes bigger than me. So I had one <laughs> shoe that was two sizes bigger than the other shoe, but they were both Innovate shoes. So that was allowed. Right. <laughs> um, so, so that was great. And, and I think, I think it's not like the event is really well organized. I would really mm. recommend it to everybody and anybody who's really fit and, you know, wants to push themselves and wants to have that challenge. But for me personally, um, because I was in so much pain, I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't appreciating the views. I couldn't take them in and go and enjoy myself because the views were like incredible, but I was in so much pain and I was being real, a real miserable bastard to <laughs> anyone who was around. I was like, Oh, I was just complaining about my feet the whole time. And yeah. it was just horrible. And I thought no one wants to be around me. I don't want to be around me. This is a horrible way to see the world. And yes, if it was a survival situation, I would yes. suck it up and I would do it. The only reason I would have continued would have been to save my, own life or the life of a close friend or family member yeah. like I would have continued for that reason so that's how bad things were at that moment yeah <laughs> so I'm you, you not... found that you were you were kind of really really miserable in general rather than just a low point because everyone gets a low point don't they? yeah in a in a long it was just because every footstep was really painful yeah. it was like walking on knives it was like mm. a wasp was constantly stinging my little oh, toe oh, oh. it was I, it was just really painful and it was constant and mm. it, it wasn't just like I don't know what it is about your feet but you're just on them all the time aren't you and it was just it was just so excruciating with every single footstep yeah. there was no getting away from that pain and I didn't want to just drug myself up um, and put my kidneys under strain and and I just thought well what's the point I'm not fleeing from Nazi Germany here I'm not like I'm a very privileged person who was actually paid to be here and I'm not enjoying it <laughs> like I'm not a refugee <laughs> fleeing from some war-torn country who's got to put up with this I've brought this on myself mm. and there is I don't see the heroism in people like ultra runners bringing pain upon themselves I just I've, there's some heroism about putting yourself through this thing these things on purpose that I don't really get mm. I don't really understand why we hero worship people who do these really insane things when they've got great lives I think we should be hero worshipping people like nurses or people who work in human rights or people who go into war-torn refugee camps and give them mm. food like those are the people we should be worshipping not people who decide off their own backs to run an <laughs> insane distance and then hurt themselves like what what is heroic about that <laughs> apart from you're just mental but so yeah I've got quite um extreme views on this and, <laughs> and so so I just thought well I'm gonna just quit it was a difficult decision because you do feel like you do feel rubbish you feel like you've let yourself down loads of people were supporting me and watching the little dot of my progress and yeah, yeah. they were all going to be like oh what's happened to Claire um I felt bad because also the race organizers had you know helped me with my place and I was making a film for them and I felt like I should complete it to say thank you to them um I also felt like people would would judge me on not being badass enough as well and they would just be like 
oh, well, she couldn't do it because she can't put up with pain. And it's not that I can't put up with pain. It's that I don't want to put up with pain. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I that's can't okay. be asked to put up with pain. I've done yeah. putting up with pain. I did the Bob Graham round and I was in loads of pain with that. And that is the last time that I said to myself, that's the last time I'm going to prove a point to anyone. Um, I've proved to myself I can do this. And That's I was in it. A lot of so pain. I'd never do it a, again. Yeah, there's a lot of value actually because um, I, I, one of the things I I, I did the the, the Lakeland Fifty um, was it like I've, I've lost track of time. I think it was last year. <laughs> yeah, it was last year, um, and it yeah. was brilliant. I really enjoyed the event, but I was in a lot of pain doing that. But it was for me, it was a personal um, thing. I wanted to see what I was capable of. By far yeah. away, the longest thing I've ever done. Um, yeah, even walking in in one day. So. Um, and, and that was fine. I felt perfectly okay with that, but I'm done with that now. I yeah. did have a seed in my mind that I wanted to do UTMB or something like that after. Um, yeah. But I've had a niggle in my knee ever since, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. How long do I want to be doing this for? Do I want to be hiking in the hills when I'm 70, 80, 90? Yes, mm, I do. True. Yeah, 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 I definitely do. If I carry on running in the hills and I've got an injury, will I be able to do that? Probably not. Mm. If I go a bit more gent- gently, can I carry on doing it? Yes, probably you can. So, mm. and why do I want to go punishing myself just to do the to do the one hundred or the UTMB yeah. or you know, whatever it is? I don't. I don't. Okay like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like if anyone likes doing that to themselves, I'm yeah. totally down with that. Like that's cool. Like if that's your way of having a challenge and that's your yeah. way of having an adventure, then fine, go for it. That is brilliant. But just don't expect me to be impressed by it. And <laughs> don't expect me to do that because all I want to do is, you know, I want to have a challenge. You know, I don't mind aching at the end of the day. You yeah. know, I can put up with a certain amount of pain. But you've, you, everybody's got their own pain to fun balance. And mm. I think it's just important to find out where yours is personally. Sure. I found out where mine was on the Cape yeah. Ultra. <laughs> and I was disappointed in myself for not being more badass. But at the same time, I was like, but I don't have to. No one is making me so I thought well this is a bit more of a refreshing story than someone did race someone had you know ups and downs but they just completed it this is a different type of story so I thought it's worth telling because I think we've had we've got this thing at the moment in trail running where it's like oh ultra 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 and it's like you have to go longer and longer and longer it's not enough to do a marathon anymore Mm. you've got to do a 50 mile or you've got to do a hundred mile it's like you don't have to like for some people it's an incredible experience and i don't want to put down on that and i don't want to ever um suggest to anyone that they shouldn't go for these types of things if they want to but i just think you don't have to and you shouldn't feel pressure to do 100 miles if if like you should feel happy if you want to do a half marathon. That's a great achievement. It's still a great achievement. And <laughs> like the UTMB, yes. like you said, you'd love to do the UTMB. I'd love to do the UTMB as well. But mm. I know that doing 100 miles over 48 hours would be my idea of hell. And you wouldn't <laughs> see anything because yeah. you'd be in pain and you would be in darkness twice because there's two nights that you'd be out for. So I've, I plan Spiritually to do it. Spiritually as well. <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to do it over six days, yeah. which for me will be an easy way to do it. So 20 mm. miles a day with like one to 2000 meters of ascent. I know that I'd be capable of that. It'd be a challenge, but yeah. it wouldn't be too much for somebody else. It might be three days that they could do it in or for somebody else, two weeks. So it just depends what your level is. I think it has a much greater think, potential to yeah. be a, a better experience. 
yeah you have yeah. to work out what your what you want your experience to be yeah. um and yeah. you don't have to kill yourself in mm. order for you i just think it's more important to have a good time than to kill yourself yeah. now that i'm in my 30s rather than my 20s <laughs> i used to think it was important to kill yourself like in your yeah. 20s it wasn't a good run unless you completely battered yourself but exactly I'm, I just it's just different because I'm just older now and I've done I've done all the things that hurt me and now I'm like no I don't <laughs> want to be hurt anymore <laughs> so I started all this stuff later in life I was a lazy sod right through to I don't know maybe uh what are we talking about mid-20s yeah, yeah I guess so I was a really lazy sod I did nothing um so I got into hiking first quite a similar story to most people that you know they get into hiking and, and then it develops but um so I kind of get what you're saying there completely. And I've almost time shifted what you've said. You know, you, yeah. I almost wish I'd found out that doing it for pleasure is way, way better than doing it for pain and, and yeah. for achievement and all the rest of it. But then also I realized that perhaps doing it that way has taught me all of, all of that. And that's mm. kind of why I picked out the Kate Roth ultra post um, on YouTube for you to talk about because it's almost more important to find out the hard way because that's yeah. where you learn about the good things. Yeah. And it's true of so many, so many different, you can apply it to so many different aspects of life, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can't tell people that either. Like I no. can't tell you where your limit is and you have to find that out for yourself. So mm. it's all very well me going, Oh, it's just ridiculous to put yourself through pain, but <laughs> you've got to get to your limit, haven't you? Yeah. Before you stop. So that will be different for everybody. Well, it'd be a terrible world, wouldn't it? If we just listened to someone else and decided based on what yeah. someone else said, you know, you've got to yeah. give it a go. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if anyone is listening and they want to do a hundred miler and it's a real passion of theirs, then go yeah, for it. it definitely. Just because I don't want to do it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. <laughs> Where's wrong? <laughs> yes, I am. I am wrong. I'm only right for me. That's yeah. the only person I can ever be right for. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So where, where's all this going now then? Have you got anything, um, any projects on the go at the moment? What's, what's happening? Yeah, so um, I am going to run the UTMB over six days. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's been cancelled this year um, and the UTMB itself has been cancelled as well. I was going to run it and then arrive at the UTMB a couple of days before so that I could then mm -hmm. watch and interview the elite athletes. But that's not happening. Hopefully it will happen next year instead. Yeah. Um, but we just have to see what happens. Um, so race wise, nothing planned mm. whatsoever. But I am writing a couple of books. I've written one called The Ultimate Trail Running Handbook, and that's with Bloomsbury, and that will be published in January. So we're just, um, it's in the design phases now, and we're taking yeah. photographs and stuff. Um, so that will be, that's like a guide with training plans, nutrition, recipes, that kind of thing. It's a guide for anybody who is interested in trail running from 5K to 50K. So there's training plans from for just over the marathon there, because a lot of trail races are like 50K, 30 miles. Mm. Um, and yeah so it's like skills technique um uh um physio stuff like injury things um motivation information about elite athletes like uh, gear everything you need to know about gear it's basically the ultimate trail running handbook so that will be available in january hoping yeah. to launch it at the national running show which i think will probably be going ahead by then yeah. um and then I am writing another book with Vertebrate Publishing, and that's called Fantastic Female Runners. Um, it's based on a book, a really good book called Lily by Lily Dew. Um, she's written Fantastic Female Adventurers. So 
I said to them, oh, we could do a runner one um, next in the series with the same illustrator. It's for mm. children. Um, so I'm just in the process now of interviewing 12 different ladies um, from differing backgrounds and trying to make it really diverse as well, obviously, um, mm. just of amazing runners. And, and in the book, I've, I've got people like Jasmine Paris, who won the spine race in yeah. January. So people, you know, super good athletes like that. But I've also got, I don't know if you know Dawn Nisbet from Parkrun. There's a very famous picture of Dawn finishing Parkrun. She's a large lady. She's yeah. got her hands in the end. She's just got this incredible smile across her face. Mm. Um, and so I've put her story in there as well, because... I just didn't, I didn't want it to be all about the really fast people. Like this is the only reason you're a fantastic female runner is because you're super fast and you beat all the men. Um, I think there's lots of different ways that you could define a fast, a fantastic female runner. So I've put Dawn in there as well. And I've got um, just several different people who are running like against all odds and, and things like that. And so um, I've only done three, <laughs> so I've got nine to go. Um, so if anybody has any suggestions for me, oh, yeah, if you know, a black disabled lesbian runner, then that would Perfect. be fantastic. I would tick yeah. all my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Right. So there's plenty going on then. And, and also, I mean, you've, you've, you've had a little bit more time to sort of dedicate to those as well, haven't you? Because of uh, the lack of events and uh, an outdoorsiness of the last... <laughs> How ironic yeah. is it that there's been so much sunshine over the last three months? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, okay, perhaps not terrible. a late. But, um, yeah, but it's still quite Yeah, bright. but I, I honestly, I don't know how I used to fit in all those races and all that writing work because I've been like doing the COVID 19K challenge and making yeah. the two films yeah. a week, um, just like, and redesigning my website. I've, yeah, I just feel like I fill my time as it is. And of course, lots more people have wanted to chat to me, you know, like do interviews and stuff, which is great to share yeah. all the, share all content. And like everyone, especially at the start, was going mad, like, oh, can you chat here? Can you chat there? Yeah. <laughs> and so I, it was really, there was a lot to do. So yeah, it's not, I've, I've not really had a rest in this um, <laughs> No, in I this can relate time. to that. <laughs> um, but I can't wait for races again. I, I really want to, I've decided I want to do a Lakeland Trails event as my first event because I just want to go back to my first ever races that I did. Mm. And they're the first races that I did. Really friendly atmosphere, nice like 10 mile courses over in beautiful scenery in the Lake District. And I just want to go back there again. I want to make a film of it because the first time I did them, I wasn't making films. So no, I'd like no. to make a film of it. That'd be um, really good. I think a lot of people will get value yeah. Yeah, just your first, your first trail race. It could be yeah. a film like that. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. I'm, I can't wait to get back to races. Not because of the racing aspect, but just because of the community aspect and yeah. just seeing everyone again and being in that atmosphere in the start pen and everyone smiling and <laughs> just, there's a Marshals great thing and, about yeah. yeah there's a great thing about racing isn't it and I don't race to get any particular time or anything mm. I'll challenge myself no, all the no, way no. around if I feel strong but I just I just like doing a race and finishing a race and there's a good high from it it's it's a lovely yeah. thing to do home yeah. cooking at the end. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, home cooking and and meeting up with people. Like I, I'll tell my patrons that, uh, what race I'm going to do, and I'll see if a few of us can yeah. meet up there. Yeah. And it would yeah. just be lovely yeah. to see them all again. That's the one thing I really want as well. About um, so doing the um, for example, the Lakeland Fifty um, was was the the chatter beforehand in the social media became real chatter afterwards when I saw the people. Yeah, they've become friends. You know for forever probably you know it's and it's yeah. lovely it's really really nice so i'm yeah i'm, I'm, yeah, really, I'm really glad that, I've, that, that i sort of have entered the trail running community even though i've only mm -hmm. dipped my toes in it 
Um, and now we're, we're arranging events for other people so that they can enjoy events yeah. um, like we have. So and for me, the community is everything. That's what I like. Yeah. I like the people side of it and the fact that actually you get such a lot out of being outdoors. I always have done. Um, and sharing that with other people is just superb. So, just to—I um, yeah. mean—we've been talking for quite a while now. So, and I'm really, really—I've um, loved it. I've had a really great time chatting oh, to you. Yeah, thanks for giving um, me the opportunity. Well, it's brilliant because you've got so much to say. It's lovely. It's really, it's really <laughs> oh, nice. Lot to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good job that you're out there on the, on YouTube telling me uh, what, what your thoughts yeah. are. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. Um, so, just to wrap up, then, what, what have you got? Like a closing shot, a parting shot that you want to give? To <laughs> um yes and my parting shot would be um to enjoy yourself um so i would try not to think of running as a chore but think of it as a reward um and think of it as something that your body needs to do in order to ward off all these modern things like anxiety and depression um so i would say um just get out there and do it like the Nike slogan, just do it. And yeah. one little trick I have is if you really don't feel like running, but you kind of feel like you should go and it will probably be good for you. Then okay, that's go, me. Yeah, <laughs> and me all the time. Um, put your running, put your running clothes on and go for a walk. And so make sure you're wearing a sports bra if you're a lady. Um, so if you feel like breaking into a jog, if you get to a downhill bit or you suddenly feel an attack of motivation, then you can turn it into a run. Um, and, and at least you've gone out and you've gone and you've done something and you feel better about yourself. Think about how good you'll feel afterwards um, because it is hard sometimes to motivate yourself to get out for a run. Um, but you always feel better afterwards. Um, and if you've just done a walk that you perhaps then you a run, you then that's still you great. always, always, always feel better for the rest of the day. Uh, that's one thing I remembered when I was training. I used to hate going out training. Um, I absolutely, absolutely hated going out the door or even getting out of the bed to go out the door. You know, I just didn't want to do it. When I got out there, it was okay at first. It got better and better and better throughout the whole run. And then when I came back in, it felt magic for the whole day. Brilliant. It's a reward. I totally agree yeah. with you. That's brilliant, Claire. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Just go out and do it. Yeah. And even I'll let you know. Walk, <laughs> yeah i'll let you know when i'm doing my lakeland trails event as well because yeah. um i'll see if you're around and and uh where are you are you're based in norfolk oh yeah so uh, suffolk, yeah, just, away, uh, just south of the um of the norfolk border yeah so we're, yeah uh, well, i'll right. let you know in case you want uh, to come along any excuse to get into the hills <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, it's been okay. really great chatting to you and thank yeah. you so much for having me on the podcast it's been a pleasure brilliant. A pleasure. Uh, what I'll do is I'll um I'll make sure that we uh we get all those links in the um in the notes afterwards so everyone can click on those. But thanks ever yeah, so much, no Claire. Problem. Thank um, you. It's incredible. Make sure chatting. everyone checks out Wild Ginger Running. You've got to get get over there because it's a brilliant channel. The ups and the downs are all there, so that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Thank you so much, Carl. <laughs> And there we have it, a fab interview with Claire from Wild Ginger Running. And we, as promised, will put all the uh, the links in the show notes afterwards. So if you can um, head on over to Wild Ginger Running, we would be absolutely delighted for you to support Claire uh, and join over 16,000 runners. 
Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel and podcast. So, what next? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to dip back in and we're going to bring you those um, those episodes that we pr- promised to you. Uh, the episode with Vicky Inglis from the British Antarctic Survey, among other things, when she spent uh, or was heading off on a uh, an epic adventure to live in Antarctica for an entire summer. More to come from her. We'll also bring you that episode from Mike Turner of Turner Lightweight Tents. Now, that's long overdue, and we'll be getting that together for you in the next couple of weeks. Stay tuned. Thanks for coming back to hear, hear from us. If you've got anything you'd like to talk to us about, drop us a note in the comments. Take care and find your adventure. <laughs>